Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi guys, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. And I'm Andy Murray from What Culture. And coming up today, we've got notes from an interview that Renee Young has given talking about her time in WWE. She's got some rather interesting comments in there, so stick around for that. And on top of that, we've got the real reason that WWE split up the Iconics. Plus, who was crowned the new NXT champion in last night's NXT 60-minute Iron Man Fatal 4-Way match and an update on two Impact stars and their contract situation. This is the news. Let's kick things off by talking Renee Young. Renee Paquette, her, her real name is what she's going going by now after her WWE departure just a few short weeks ago. She's given an interview here with the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast, Jimmy Trainer on there, talking about a number of different things, including her positive test result and how WWE reacted to that. So this was in June. Uh, Renee revealed during this interview that WWE weren't best pleased with her decision to go public with this. Of course, she tweeted it out. That's how we learned of the news. Um, she tweeted the revelation and this was not well received by the company. Uh, quote here from Renee. She says, they weren't even like you shouldn't have posted it. But it was like, we really wish you gave us a heads up that you were going to post it. Uh, it was bad for PR and whatnot. But again, I wouldn't have even thought to be like, hey guys, I'm just going to tweet like I have it. Ha 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 Like that was not what I was thinking about when I posted about it. So she wasn't doing it to be like, hey, oh, look at this. Um, it was just letting people know, basically. Uh, she went on to say that the lack of concern shown to her by people within WWE after testing positive and after falling ill uh, made her feel slighted. Uh, she wasn't best pleased by that. And on whether or not WWE should have ceased production earlier in early into the global health crisis, uh, she simply said that WWE is now doing everything it can with regards to tests and mitigating risks and so forth, but she believes the company should have been doing this from day one. And with regards to her WWE departure, uh, Paquette says that her decision was respected. Um, people understood that, you know, she'd made her mind up basically, they didn't try and talk her out of it, which is good, that's the professional way to do things. Um, either way, it's kind of concerning, but hardly surprising to hear about the apparent lack of concern from WWE to somebody like Renee testing positive. 
Yes, typical of WWE to switch straight to a PR perspective on something like this rather than a personal well-being. Yeah, I, I don't think it was this, meant to be this big expose from Renee. Oh, if you don't they're not telling you, it's actually the ongoing global bastard is tearing through this locker room, which we kind of speculated was probably happening anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the most WWE thing ever. Better late than never, I suppose, that they are actually properly trying to regiment their testing and what have you with all this. But yeah... I'm not surprised if, if I'm not I'm not saying this was the catalyst for her leaving but I sense it was probably one of many reasons why she was like you know what I think I'm done with WWE because when you're going through something like this which is you know like you say she was just trying to keep people abreast of what was going on with her it's a terrifying situation to be in no doubt yeah you wouldn't think I'm just gonna warn my employees employers that that's what I'm gonna do because yeah it's a personal issue she's not saying oh, by the way i've got the ongoing global buster and that's because of wwe she's just informing people what's going on but yes yeah, typical wwe never mind about you what about the, what this means about us standard wwe very typical she does say here that um part of you know making her decision to leave when she tested positive and when backstage was cancelled that did force her to take stock so these things add up well backstage is back now so <laughs> Not backstage. What's that thing you like? We're going to bring it back now you've gone. Anyway, let's move on and talk about NXT. Of course, a huge 60 minute Fatal 4 Way Iron Man match last night involving Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole. Who left as NXT champion? No one. <laughs> Ended in a tie. Did we have sudden death, overtime? No. No. Basically, what happened was it was a great match, to be fair. Like, it was really enjoyable. It was nail biting. There was a moment in the final minute or so where I think Gargano went for a roll up on Champer, and I thought, oh, oh my God, Johnny Gargano is going to be your new NXT champion. I didn't see that coming out of anywhere. In the end, Champer kicked out. Um, Finn Balor scored what he thought was the decisive pinfall. Everyone was on one fall. He got a uh, hit a coup de grace and pinned, I believe, Tommaso Ciampa. But as he was celebrating, as the clock was ticking down, uh, Adam Cole hit him with the last shot, pinned Finn Balor, which means the, the two of them are tied at two falls each. And so next week on Super Tuesday 2 Electric Boogaloo, uh, <laughs> it's going to be Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. One fall to a finish to see who is crowned the new NXT champion. We're never getting a Wednesday Night War ever again, it seems, between NXT and AEW. Uh, we're also getting a steel cage match, I believe, next week between Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. Well, I'm okay with that, I suppose. Less okay with how they decided to finish this match that they built for a week to Andy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the the booking decision is what it is. It's like you're taking this big colossal thing and rather than using it to pay something off, you're using it to build to a smaller match uh, the next week with two competitors. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I'm going to be the low guy on the match either. To me, this was one of these kind of really uncreative WWE multi-person matches where two people wrestle and the other two just hang out and do nothing conveniently uh, while that's going on. I know, I, I made an hour of my morning to watch this thing and I felt let down as a fan. Um, but you know, what they're trying to do is spike a number. Um, whether or not you find that compelling booking is up to you. They want to take this match that probably did quite well, viewership-wise, I imagine, last night. We'll find out later today and try and carry that over into the next week. So we'll see how that plays but you out. Can't, you can't do that every single week. It's diminishing returns. I saw somewhere, and I, I should have got this tweet up, 
someone's pointed out this year they've had like seven championship matches on TV compared to I think one or two last yeah. year. It's it's outrageous the way. Yeah. I mean, I understand what they're doing, but yeah, I don't it think it's a good way to book either. Like, I don't think it's a good way to book either. It's no. totally desperation. They're booking for. Uh, metrics rather than creativity and it's got to be a balance of that um, I think and this is probably the most extreme example of it yet. Anyway, speaking of extreme moves, uh, the Iconics, they were split up on Raw. We know what went down there. We spoke about it yesterday. Uh, we speculated on the reason behind this. There'd been a report three weeks prior from Dave Meltzer stating that WWE had identified Peyton Royce as a single star, and that is indeed the reason that they split up. New report from PW Insider's Mike Johnson confirming this. He also notes that the way Billy Kay was handled uh, when she was just thrown into the underground and kind of beaten up, that wasn't... She isn't leaving the company, or it wasn't punishment booking or anything like that. It was just a means to an end for WWE to set Peyton off on her own. Uh, Billy may have a televised absence. She may go to SmackDown and do something on her own. But for now, that's the only reason. It was to set Peyton off on her own. Singles run coming soon. There we go. Don't know why you need to split the Iconics up to do that. I said this before. Say it again. I thought it would have been better with Peyton having Billy in her corner. Just throwing fists and cheering <laughs> her on and what have you but I mean I'm happy for Peyton Royce she deserves it she's a phenomenally talented competitor but I don't think you need to do this I'm never really going to be over it if I'm perfectly honest although someone sent me a clip of the Dudley boys reuniting after being split with the brand split of course and now that's all I want to see one more <laughs> at Survivor Series comparing the Iconics to the Dudley boys I love it <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling. A Fightful Select with a fascinating report about the contract status of two of their biggest performers. Eric Young, who has just become the, oh, spoilers, two-time Impact World Champion uh, after defeating Eddie Edwards on last night's show. He has signed an exclusive two-year deal with the promotion after making, of course, a surprise return at Slammiversary in July. He's looking to do more big things. He was sensational in the company uh, before he left to join NXT and what have you. I really enjoyed what he did back in the day in TNA. Uh, interesting, more, more interesting though, is uh, Diana Perrazzo's uh, situation. She's the Knockouts champion. She took the title from Jordan Grace at Slammiversary. She just had a 30-minute uh, Iron Woman match that I believe went to a finish. <laughs> Who thought? Yeah, weird. Um, she still hasn't signed a contract with the promotion. She is still technically a free agent. She hasn't been offered a deal. They need to get this sort of situation sorted out quickly, Andy Murray. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I like what Dionna's doing here. Like, I think this is a smart play on her behalf because her performances and impact have been tremendously attracted to the appropriate level of acclaim. And she likely knows that on the back of these performances and on the back of her knockouts title reign, she is going to be a very sought-after person indeed and can therefore probably secure herself a stronger contract later down the road, whether that's with impact or whether that's with, with someone else. AEW, um, they need a bigger women's division. I mean, she would be a tremendous edition over there 100% but the knockouts division in impact is great as yeah. well um, so there's a balance there for sure I'm a big fan of what she's doing at the moment inside the ring and outside the ring I think she's a tremendous performer and she's proving herself a tremendous businesswoman here as well so bright things in her future for sure she's still in like her early 20s lots of promise the best is still to come um, good for her 
Maybe not as great for Impact, depending on what happens. Yeah, if you're not not watching Impact right now, you should be, by the way. It's really good. It's really good. Go and check it out, even if you just watch the highlights on YouTube. Uh, right, let's move on to your Twitter questions at WhatCultureWWE. Of course, if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, first question today comes from Matt Ryan, a.k.a. Aussie Dead on Twitter, Legend. who says, Who would you pick as the winner of the Casino Battle Royal or All Out? Mm. Lance Archer. It's kind of a default answer, right? Because he's always presented really strongly. But him versus Moxley would just be the craziest, wildest brawl, uh, presuming Moxley beats beats uh, MJF at, at all out this weekend. I don't know if he'll get past Mark Sterling, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think Archer would be a tremendous challenger and he could use a big win like that and then into the title defense, he can lose that, no problem. Yes, I'm afraid Dictator John will not be leaving all out as world champion. My new best friend MJF told me so and the interview between me and him promoting All Out, talking about Moxley, talking about a whole host of things related to AEW, will be out on this channel later on today and available as a podcast if you want to listen to it and you're out and about. Uh, for me, who's going to win the Casino Battle Royal? Kofi's brother, Eddie Kingston, is going to win it because if Moxley wins, my God, can you imagine Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley? Especially because Eddie's got that gaggle of bastards with him who are just going to do all the hard work and then he's going to lob them all out. Turn to the camera and wink. We all know what's going to happen. Oh, it's going to be spectacular. Uh, second question today comes from Eric, Jenny's husband on Twitter, who Legend. says, in the wake of Alistair Black's heel turn, is there a chance he will align with Zelina Vega, thus ending her association with her loser stable and finally get some success leading him on a run to a championship? So I can see the argument for Alistair Black and Zelina Vega coming together based on their real-life relationship. They are, of course, married. Um, but on screen, I don't know if that's not necessarily a move I would make. I think they're very, very different acts and very, very different performers. And, you know, I'm sure they would have chemistry. Of course they'll have chemistry. They're married, for God's sake. Um, but uh, I'm not too sure that's too natural a fit within WWE's storytelling universe. I would prefer it if WWE just got their act together with Andrade and Angel Garza and pushed them uh, stronger rather than splitting them up and having Zelina go somewhere else. Yes, it'd, it'd be very WWE to be like, you two are married in real life. Let's, let's utilise this. No, don't. Alistair Black, I think is really, really exciting. Probably one of the most exciting guys on Monday Night Raw who's been there longer than five minutes, for example. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it'd really hinder him. And Zelia Vega, I, I love the 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 way it works with, in particular, Andrade and Zelina Vega, or certainly the way it did in NXT. I think, take Angle Garza out of this, just have him go off and do his own thing, because he's spectacular and he's the next, uh, um, uh, what's the, who do they compare him to? Uh, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero. Eddie yeah. Guerrero, yeah. They can bet he's the next. So let him just go off and do that sort of thing. And just have Andrade and Zelina Vega go away for a bit, go off our screens for a month, and then come back with a new focus. Here's what we want. Here's what we're going after, whether it be a world title, a mid card title, whatever. Because Andrade's phenomenal and. He shouldn't just be messed around with this tag team bollocks that will never end. Uh, right, instead of um, one final question and an and finally, let's merge the two. Um, <laughs> the news coming out today that Jabroni is now officially in the dictionary. Uh, Dictionary.com confirmed. The word, of course, made famous by The Rock has been added to the database as part of its biggest update ever, joining roughly 650 other new words 
They define it as jabroni, noun, slang, a stupid, foolish, or contemptible person, loser. She always has a comeback to own the trolls and jabronis on Twitter. Shut your mouth, you dumb jabroni. So, off the back of that, we got a tweet from Harrison Hess. My name isn't Adam Pacitti, but thanks for the tag. Anyway, uh, saying, Jeroni is officially on dictionary.com. What wrestling term should be next? I say face and or heel. Uh, Andy Murray, what do you want to go in there? A jobber, because it's the greatest word for loser of all time, and you can use it in any context. And for me, there's only one word. No, it's early. Oh. Iconic. With two eyes. There we go. I know we've already got iconic in there, by the way. I realised that, but this is this is very different, and it yeah. should also change. You know, style. people say like, "Oh, uh, when you look up you this, you know, jabroni in the dictionary, there's a picture of Andy Murray or whatever," and you go, "Nobody pictures in the dictionary." There should be a picture of the iconic pose next to the word iconic with two eyes. But let us know in the comment section which new wrestling terms you think should be in the dictionary, and let us know your thoughts on all of today's news stories in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Michael Hamfler reviewing NXT and looking ahead to the go-home episode of Dynamite tonight. Uh, you can also let us know your Twitter questions on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Follow both of us. You can follow Andy Murray at at Andy H Murray. The H stands for Harry Redknapp, hanging out on your, your car windscreen with the, the signing. Yep. <laughs> and if you got that reference, what culture football for all your footballing needs? You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you check out the interview with a man who called me a mediocre interviewer, which is a ringing endorsement from him indeed, MJF. That'll be out on the channel a little bit later on today. And as I said, hours of podcast. If you want to listen when you're out and about for now, my thanks to Andy Murray. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.